<laughs> okay, one more time. All right. I'm April White. And I'm Christopher Tompkins. And you're on the line with the Hype Buster. Welcome. Ready for some real talk on strategic communications? You're in the right place. Chris. Hey, April. How hey. are you? I'm doing good. Oh, and all listeners, welcome to Hype Busters. Yay. <laughs> I always welcome Chris first. Yeah, you are. You're you're a very welcoming person. Like uh so not, I mean, nobody but you. What, but also not, welcome everyone else. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Literally. We are the human equivalent of a gather sign that you find at Home Goods. I mean, you <laughs> join, uh, gather around us, and we will share our knowledge about um, stuff that we we just don't like. Um, so anyway, sometimes like, we like things. Yeah, sometimes we do. Actually, there's a lot. Bridgerton. And, and some of Bridgerton. Um, <laughs> Said only one of us, by the way. I still haven't watched. I still haven't watched um, Bridgerton at all. It's great. Did I mention? Yes, um, you said it was saucy in the parts where you weren't ready for the sauce, but then you you enjoyed the sauce. <laughs> I like that paraphrase. That's good. Um, so, what's going on with you this week? What's happening? What's new? Oh well, I'm going to my first conference in. I feel like a gajillion years. I mean, I'm, I was honestly trying to think of the last conference that I've actually gone to. Um, this one's a global pet expo that's going to be in Orlando, Florida um, and going up to see some clients. And it's just so weird. I, I was thinking about it, just like getting myself psyched up because I hate nothing more than greeting all of a whole bunch of people like in a day. Cause I'm going, uh, sol- it- I'm going solo too. Oh, okay. And is it going to be a, a mask wearing event? I'm assuming. It's in Florida. So I think it's nude. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure. Um, I, and by the way, I live in Florida, so, um, please, you, you know, label your hate correctly, but the, um, but no, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'll bring one. Um, I haven't seen a mask in a long time. Let's just say that. Okay, interesting. I mean, that would definitely make it for a more pleasant event. When I went to Super Zoo, the other big pet expo that happens in Vegas, and it was definitely a mask required situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, trying to talk to people in masks all day in a very loud, very boomy, echoey conference center yeah. is not fun. So there were people that were literally putting their hand underneath their mask and talking like this, so you could hear them which kind of defeats the purpose. And also yeah. we're on top of each other. Like you would be at a bar screaming to each other. Yeah. 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 Which Gives I'm like, close. is this safer than just not having a mask and standing in a normal space where you aren't invading each other's private like boundaries? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. Know. Like, I mean, why don't the they question, hold it? So like, it's a question mark. Yeah, exactly. Hold it in the cornfield. You know what I mean? What I, take it outside. Super zoo. Take it outside. <laughs> So I don't really know. Um, I don't really know what it's going to be. And it's, it's cute too, because it's a pet expo, which is always like fun and inventive. Oh yeah. And interesting. Those are a lot of For fun. For sure. Um, and since I have a dog too, it's kind of like I have some sort of vested interest in the whole process. Wait, are you taking all of his like a mascot? For the I'm not taking her. Um, although I could. Should. Well, Should. I mean, she would be such a good wing woman for me. 
I mean, because she stops. She stops traffic. Yeah, she's adorable. We actually, oh my God. Okay, so uh, uh, I'm digressing from our uh, super spreader event I'm going to this week. But the, uh, (laughs) the, the, uh, on the next episode of Hype Busters, guest host replacing Chris. Yeah. Chris Um, has COVID. Bye. Chris has COVID. Bye. (laughs) Stepping in. Uh, But no, uh, this, this past weekend, we did something that was the cutest thing I think I've ever done in my life. And something I never thought I'd ever do in my life. Our breeder has a family reunion for all of the dogs that were bred. No. So oh my it, God, it's so it's cute. It's usually held on their farm because they have a farm. And um, and this year they didn't do it on the farm. I don't know why they didn't. I mean, I, 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 I you know what? My whole, my, my nine to five is all about details. So in my personal life, Leave I'm on the tail. edges. I'm on the edges. I don't, I'm not looking at it. I'm not line editing this shit. So um, anyway, there's a reason why, but it was held in a, this really big hotel in Orlando. I'm going to Orlando twice in a week, which is weird, but because um, it's such a shithole. Sorry, Orlando. But the, um, but uh, yeah, it was at this hotel, 250 dogs at a hotel. So we are, so we had a yappy hour. Oh my God, and, it's so cute. Yeah. And there was um, costume dogs and there was a <gasps> whole thing. Okay. I, I kind of want to be invited to this without having a dog that's appropriate for the event. Oh, you totally could. I mean, it's, it, you could totally a- a- arrive at this thing. Um, the happy hour was cute, but then the next day is the, um, oh, shit, what's it called? It's the romp. And the romp is, <laughs> yeah, it's a romp. It's romptastic, if that's no. a word. It's a romp, romp, romp a minute. So what you do, what they do is they have a big ballroom and everyone brings their dogs in, they close the doors and everybody's off leash. So it's all like hundreds of golden doodles running around. Oh my God. I've literally heard the whole time I was there this this past weekend, I was there Friday, Saturday and left on Sunday morning, the um, three or four barks the whole entire time. Like they are, they're like the chillest freaking dogs. That is and, so cute. And it was like, everyone was super lovable. Some of them were a little muddy, but like they, there were some like real, I mean, all of though was the only one there that had long hair. Oh, no really? one had long hair at all. Everyone was shaved within an inch of their lives. Um, which I, oh. look, some of them look I like her good. Muppety. Me too. And that's kind of like her personality. Yeah. Um, Cause she's, she's very Muppety, but, um, but yeah, no, it was really, it was really interesting because I've never thought I'd be locked in a room with 200 dogs. I thought that was kind of odd. And, um, but I live uh, in heaven. it was so, it was so cool. But the one thing I learned about this weekend, aside from her being the cutest dog on earth, literally <laughs> I was, I was on the opposite like, side. Tra- oh, mine is the cutest still. Oh yeah. I was like, I, they're coming over and they're like, Oh my God, she's the cutest dog. I'm like, totally tell her again. They, um, uh, I was on, I, I told her to be social because she likes to stay close to us. I'm, yeah. I'm like, be social, be social. And I was pushing her over to like run around. So she was running around and she got to the opposite side of the room. And I was just standing there talking to somebody. I turned over. She was across the room staring at me. Like she was just saw me and she was like there. And then she was trying to figure out how to get back Daddy. to me and like, just so cute. Um, and I mean, obviously you want to get back to this guy. But um, but no, it was it was it was so crazy. So I was like fully committed. I was like auditioning dogs. Like I was like, 
can I do a black dog? Do I do a black and white dog? Okay, come here. Oh, right, because Alma's about to get a sister. So you're like, let's try, let's test out what she looks like with a new sibling. So I was, I was pairing them up and taking photographs and seeing. You were not. Oh my god. Oh my god! Everyone likes to have their pet taking pictures of, but I was kind of seeing what I liked. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, you're auditioning dog colors, like exactly. Why not? Dale was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Something very, very intelligent, which we should be, we should be invested in this." Um, But yeah, it was it was so heartwarming and so cute, and uh, yeah, it was very good. And it was like after having like you know how it is like when we're having like our week week of work when you're able to really like, I'm done. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not doing anything for a couple of days. And then yeah. replacing it with that. It's like, it's like so Magic. rewarding. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I, so how about I you? Ha- I had, I had a bit of magic myself last night. So oh, I, I, <laughs> tell, me, much, tell me more. No, no. It sounds much more exciting than it was. Um, so I was sitting on my couch oh, and my cat hot already. Yeah, it's not. My cat, my cat starts like stalking oh. something. Okay, enough with that. It's not going to go in the sex direction. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't really set it off that direction, but it was it was just kind of naturally went there. Okay, so your cat was meowing. The cat is stalking something, sees okay. something, and I'm like, oh god, it's another mouse in the house. So I'm looking, like, no, he's not looking at the floor. He's looking at this fireplace. Okay. So I look carefully at the fireplace and I see something kind of reflecting. And I think, is he just watching his own reflection? But he's too smart for that. Then I see another like reflection something. And then I realize, oh my God, there's a bird in the fireplace. Wow. My God. So I look carefully. It's a bluebird. It's the bluest bluebird. Oh, wow. Imaginable. Like the prettiest bluebird. And it's in the fireplace popping around behind you know and luckily i had some um logs in there that were not burned so he wasn't all in soot and things he was like popping Mm -hmm. around on yeah so that was good i'm like okay what do i do i Mm. guess i have so i do a quick google search okay i can do this i just need to grab you know you can't use your bare hands on wild birds um for their protection and yours so I go get a rag and I'm like, I got this, put the cats in the closet so that they yes, can't that's interfere a good idea. just yep. in case, cause they're going to be chaos and they're, you know, and who Natural knows what will happen. Yeah. Right. And if I happen to not, if I mess up or something and it's flying in the house, right. So eliminate the, the predators. So they go into the closet. I get the bird. I grab him with the uh, rag. I take him outside. He's fine. He's like super freaked let out. let you but he's pick fine. him up? I had to kind of pull him out because he was kind of trying to hang on. But luckily, I had pet parakeets for a long time. So I'm very familiar with like, handling birds. It wasn't no. flying around? Uh-uh. Oh. So I picked him up. And I, well, you have to grab them over their wings carefully, like gently, and make like a cup. So you have to hold them with yeah. that kind of a claw, yeah. right? So they can't get out, but you also can't hurt them. And so I'm holding him like this. And I get him outside. And I'm like, here you go, birdie. And I let him go. And I hadn't closed the door behind me and he flies back in the house. I was like, are you fucking kidding? Now it's not in a contained area. Now it's in the entire loft ceiling. I mean, like these huge A-frame. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's like flying around my A-frame cabin 
So I, I'm like one last, last ditch effort at 1am. Like I got this, <laughs> this is like two hours, right? So um, I'm like, okay. So I get this long, um, I have a duster that I use. That's got an extendable arm yeah. for the, for the very high ceilings to get the cobwebs and things. Yeah. So I put that up there and I have the flashlight pointing at the door and everything else is pitch black. And I'm like, come on, buddy, you got this. And so he doesn't move. And I'm like, oh my God, this is my moment. I decide to kind of like blind him with the flashlight a bit to keep him disoriented, yeah. get grab him again from the floor, take him outside, shut the door. And then I let him go. <laughs> and he flew off and he tweeted, but boy, was he mad when I picked him up the second time. First time he wasn't mad. Second time. Rah! Oh, really? He was really mad. Like, I know, I know, but you're okay. I promise. I'm telling you, this is why we're winning awards for this podcast. Because, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's everyone's like, you know what? What's what's happening in their lives? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I know. Let's get into something meaningful. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, go, go, you ready yes. to kick off our new segment? Oh my god, let's just let's dive in. So, first news story we have is that brands are investing less in promoting ads with women in professional roles, according to a new study. Mm -hmm. So, the findings show that despite the increased emphasis on portraying women in non-traditional roles, brands are actually investing more in promoting ads that feature traditional gender roles. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting, actually. What do you make um, of that? I, I, it's it. It's hard for me to say because you know there's like one of the one of the stories that we kind of looked at we didn't put to the show didn't make the cut it's on the cutting room floor of Pipe Busters just quite <laughs> thick some days um, just to let you know the cutting room floor uh, yeah it's pretty it's up to your knees um, but um, but no um, I was talking about gender specific and gender um, uh, genderless marketing and that kind of thing so this is kind yep. of very interesting because it's kind of like the other end of the, the opposite. It's the complete opposite. It's leaning in the traditional old school direction instead of that new binary, non-binary direction. But don't you feel that the more the depending on the age of the of the target audience, it it skews more traditional or it skews more kind of everybody's everybody kind of thing? Um, because I feel like this seems like brands that would be targeted to older individuals more i don't want to say more mature because that does mm. sound like you're like in your in your 60s or something but like i would say maybe people that are more i don't know used to that type of visual let me scroll down to see if there's anything about what i'm wondering is are they doing that because most of the people that they're that are the decision makers in the household are the traditional female roles of you know homemaker um, like my mom, like, I wonder if that's a better target than me who doesn't have time to do anything and I'm not going to be reviewing. I mean, what universe am I looking at ads? Right. So other than for work, <laughs> right. So it's like, I mean it, so, so maybe that's why, um, let's see, is there any, is that why they're doing it? It suggests that while brands ads feature women in progressive roles, they are not promoting these ads as heavily as ads featuring women in traditional roles or ads showing men in professional environments. The use of traditional gender roles in advertising has long been a topic of debate. The UK went so far as to ban gender stereotypes that are likely to cause harm or serious widespread offense in 2019. 
I mean, that's it's, it's an interesting conundrum here, right? Because advertisers need to do what's going to sell product. So are they beholden to some kind of sociopolitical ideal that isn't actually showing up in dollars? Yeah, I, I, I want right? to say that, yeah, I, I think kind of like to piggyback what you're saying, I think what what this is a case of is the saying that like stereotypes exist because they're true, you know, like the kind of one of the, that, that, that type of thinking. So for example, I could be aiming at a mom that's making breakfast for the kids while the dad's already gone to work. And then it's like, Oh, but I'm a dad and I'm home making that. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well then we're going to do an ad with you, but you may only be reflecting into 5% of my total audience. So it doesn't really, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's it, So I can see maybe that making sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean, weird I, to think, it's weird to think that they banned, you know, in the UK, gender stereotypes that might cause harm. I mean, I, I don't know how they're defining that exactly, but if that's still the majority of people who are purchasing a product, why would you be not allowed to speak to that target audience? It's like, it's like we're trying to get away with anything normative. Yes. And I think that that's kind of, you know, the, our cutting room floor article was kind of really speaking, speaking to that. Right. It uh-huh. was kind of like everything has to be, and I hate saying this and kind of, cause I'm not like slighting anybody's beliefs or anything, but everything's turning beige. And I think that. Yep. The beigeness of it all. From a marketing perspective, I can see this very clear in terms of I can see this shift happening because mm-hmm. even with um, a lot of the problems that I've experienced with Facebook slash Meta slash Zuckerberg Streampad, like it's kind of like it's we can't say this is a headache pill. It will help reduce your pain that you have for your headaches. Mm-hmm. We have to change all of our words to fit the the box that Facebook wants us to, to speak in. Mm-hmm, so then we start mm-hmm. talking like that. Then those ads start working. So the people that have created those ads, meaning the brand or the company, thinks that it's the language in those ads that's actually making and connecting with the audience and then continues that narrative. And what happens is you're creating, you're basically- a reality. Running, yes. So- That's scary to me. It's very scary. It's gross. Right. It's like corporate magic. Yeah. I mean, I have to do it all. I have to do it all the time on every different platform. You have to speak a certain way. You have to do, you have to present mm-hmm. things in a certain way. And is it manipulative? Yes. Is marketing manipulative? Yes. You're, you're messing with brain function, but at the same time, um, having to be authentic, it's kind of like we have to wear like 45 different things. We're basically trying to speak someone else's language mm-hmm. by not offending anybody by what we have to say and having messages that are so convoluted and watered down that they lose meaning, but they're not going to create an uproar. And there's no connection, right? There's no connection, yeah. but there, and there's no authenticity, but there's also no potential for offense, which is. It's a problem. I think. I think it's a huge problem. I mean, it's actually, um, I think that in general, if people are comfortable with themselves and they trust themselves and their own value, then nothing in the external can reflect back to them anything 
negative, right? I mean, they can, they, so for example, RuPaul, right? One of my favorite examples of this, like there's nothing anybody could ever say to that guy that would ever offend him. You know why? Because he knows himself. He knows his worth and his value. He loves himself, right? He's complete. He's coherent. Everything he does is from the same place. He doesn't talk out of both sides of his mouth. There's no, like, there's nothing that anybody could say right. that would, in, that would make him question his own worth. So he can't be offended. Mm-hmm. And if we can all do that, then none of this is necessary. Oh yeah. But what you're doing is you're basically confirming that people don't have inherent value in whatever it is that they're doing because, oh, we don't want to hurt them. But you're, then you're not, you're not empowering them to say, I love myself. I know myself. I have integrity. I trust that everything that I'm doing is coming from that place of coherence and anything that anybody says to me, water off my back. And, and it's it's so it's so true because the other side of the coin is we're creating i mean from marketing messages from branding from how we're positioning things by how we're telling our stories are to make everybody so easily offend offendable mm-hmm. so everybody can be so literally i could say something that 10 years ago would be like what uh, ignored that Trinity. now would be so pointed and it would scream and people would be outraged to the point where you would be like pushed out, knocked out. Now I'm not saying I would be like, yo, uh, gays are bad workers or like women are terrible. Like, I, I mean, I, it's not something that would be obviously kind of like, you know, discriminatory, but like just even saying any statement, it's so easy to just offend anybody. And I think mm-hmm. that that's an issue um, because marketers now are trying to do things that are, what do we always try to do? We're always trying to appeal to the person. But now, not only are we trying to appeal to the person, we are trying to appeal to the person who's been created by the marketing messages that we had no control over. So now it's trying to connect with this altered state of mm-hmm. consciousness. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think we're probably getting in the weeds with our psychobabble, but like, I do feel that <laughs> it's, you know... I mean, we did talk about me being up till 2 a.m. with a bird. Oh, yeah. So hot. Sitting on her couch with her cat. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you make me sound so illustrious. I know. It's like episode two of Bridgeton, like (laughs) 20.3 mark. Oh my God. You know what? I have to say, I'm going to give a shout out to anybody that makes me watch something and gives me a timestamp. I absolutely love that. Don't say watch this. Say watch it at 3.15. Like that's, I'm like all about that. I love that. I I bet you do. I love that. It seems like something you would love. I do. I like people like making my life easier, not complicating everything. Well then watch all of Bridgerton. Oh God. (laughs) Right off the bat. I didn't want to do all that. Um, all right. Should we get into the next one? Yeah. The next one we have is, um, it's from the Wall Street Journal, which is one of my favorite uh, publications to read on a daily basis. And um, USA Today owner, Gannett Co. Gannett. 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 Yes. Gannett Co. Um, gave advertisers inaccurate information for nine months. The publisher re- misrepresented where billions of ads were placed. 
um, and, and uh, Gannett kind of corrected the issue in recent days, as written by a Wall Street Journal writer. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, no, no judgment, but all judgment. Um, so, gosh, something like this. I feel like this happens all the time. I feel like this happens a lot. Um, it just doesn't get outed? Uh-huh. Yeah, because I, I've, I don't know about you, but talking to different companies and brands throughout like your agency life, are you shocked at how much they don't know about certain things? Uh, of their own? Of their own, like their own Inner workings and data, yes. Yeah, and also um, the lack of connective tissue to partners that they're paying millions of dollars yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, it's so this, it's funny you say that because I just this morning Lana and I were going over some contract edits from a prospect, and there was one part in there where we say we cannot vet the accuracy of the information you give us, meaning whatever you share with us, we're going to take right this. If you're telling us something about your company, then we accept at face value that's true. We're not going to then also vet that said data from your company is true, right? right? And they're like, they wanted to take it out. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, yeah. that stays in because we're not responsible for the inaccurate information you give us about yourselves, right? <laughs> It'd be like, if I told somebody, you know, um, we have 45 employees and I expected them to verify that we have 33. Like, no, no. I have to tell... I, I give you correct information or otherwise you go out and promote that we have 45 employees and it's my fault. Ridiculous. So crazy. Anyway, sorry, I digress. So, um, yeah, this is, this is kind of one of those scenarios where you're dealing with digital ads that are run through an auction and they're trying to be placed in different spots. And, and, and then it's kind of like you are just passing your, your, every, your money over and your investment over and just hoping that everything works out. Now, this is where I think companies can be a little bit more proactive in terms of understanding how their conversions work and how their traffic is going and where links are like, there needs to be more things in place because mm -hmm. you, you understand how to protect your investment. Like if I tell somebody that I'm getting traffic off of TikTok and I give them an, a report that shows the traffic that I'm supposedly getting through the TikTok ads manager, mm -hmm. does that mean that any of those people went to their website? No, it means that this is what TikTok storyline is. And then I have to go, what I do is I have to look at every side of the story. I have to look at TikTok side of the story and what the website says or, the, or their store or online, mm -hmm. whatever, and kind of match those numbers up, the time frame up, and then maybe do like find maybe a special, like you have to do, you have to do sleuthing because mm -hmm. I can't trust anybody and including the client. So yep. it's, it's one of those things. And I mean, obviously we always trust the client, but at the same time, we can't trust the client's reporting methods. So right. we want to dive in. So something like this, I kind of like it when people get screwed, when they're not paying attention to their own business. But in this case, they did. This is <laughs> Right. I mean, don't you like, because I feel like you should be learning. You should learn from stuff like this. It's so funny. I mean, it's interesting because Gannett is notorious for kind of being the big corporation that gobbled up independent journalism and ruined it. Um, and I'm, I'm saying that as somebody who lived through as a member of the, I was a reporter at the Des Moines Register and then the, the Des Moines Register, which had been known as being a, you know, one of these sort of fearless old independent 
papers was gobbled up by Gannett. That's just why I know how to pronounce it for sure. Because it's Gannett, like Gannett came in and just like, yeah. and then all of a sudden it became very Gannettized. So everything was less about how you know valid the story was and more about selling papers and when they found out I was good they wanted to put me on the suburb that had the biggest circulation increase that or that, that could stand it could stand to have the biggest circulation increase because of the number of people and the amount of income there so it was like oh yeah go cover the hawk going to the kids classroom instead of the other things you were doing because we need to sell papers like oh so that's why i went into pr i mean that's <laughs> one of the reasons i went into pr <laughs> and is that going to be um is are you going to tell that story in the forward or the introduction of your book that you're writing or is that going to be kind of like uh is that going to be cutting room floor or are you going to work it into chapter three i'm pretty sure cutting room floor well it's a good question though because one of the things i will get into is the the credibility of the media mm. so may play a role but um no the thing that the that that sort of alarmed me the most about somebody that got into journalism because i wanted to be the watchdog of society was that i was getting budget lines written for me meaning um it was what they would sell to the editorial directors right they all sit in a room and decide what goes on page 1a versus inside the fold versus under the you know above the fold under the fold etc cetera, etc cetera, right so they would sit there and decide where everything's going to go and my editor would hand me a budget line of this is what i sold in this is the sample headline this is the sample story first paragraph lead etc and then go report on it so i go report on it and often i would come back and say hey the budget line you wrote isn't really the story i did my reporting i talked to these people he would literally rewrite my copy to match what he had already sold in so he didn't look bad and lose face in front of like you know the higher editors and i thought this is this is what we're doing the whole thing would get reworked to fit the assumption instead of that the budget line got changed in accordance with the reporting of truth who I mean, when uh, my my major in school was, um, it started off was being journalism because I mm. was always very inquisitive. I was always- I very, write, I remember that. Yeah, I was always very into it. And then I had a teacher that was very, well, probably the, one of the best teachers I ever had who just didn't lie about what it was all about. And wow. I, and I just- So you got spared the two years of experience to tell you. Yep, exactly. <laughs> like he told me that, he said, it's like, it's, you're, you know, if you think that you're going out in a crusade, you're going to get your wings clipped and you're going to be pushed into the corner. And if you feel like you want to fight the fight, you can fight the fight, but it's going to be a hard one. And you're not going to be, this is not like, you're going to be one of those scrappy people that a lot of people dislike and it's hard to find work. And, and I was just like, oh, okay, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. you would have had you would have had the the backbone for it i didn't like it because i didn't like i'm too much of a people pleaser i care too much about making people happy so it was not a good profession for me for that reason too but yeah, i think uh, i would really like the ass <clears throat> the ass kicking side of it um oh you would love it you'd be a great journalist i'd tell the truth i'd report it oh yeah much like i, I do just, on the uh the oscar high busters, high busters. <laughs> <laughs> on that note 
<laughs> the only podcast that's an EGOT. Do you want to, do you want to get into point counterpoint on that? Oh note? my God. I wish we would. That was so disingenuous. Oh no, it was. It was. <laughs> I, see, I cannot tell a lie. I am full of shit. No. Uh, so I love, um, I love this section because we're able to kind of talk about uh, a couple different sides of things. This one is um, one of, uh, I think this is pretty close to your heart, April, this piss art story. It's Pixart. Oh, Pixart. Sorry. Um, um, so Pixart launches AI generated fonts. Pixart <laughs> launches <laughs> generated fonts um, paving the way for asset creation by artificial intelligence so if you could um, this is from uh, an article through business wire um, and it shows the fonts that were created by AI and just kind of just um, a few other multimedia pieces around this so AI creating art and creating fonts I mean, you know how I feel about AI creating language, but I will tell you, and looking at this font, it looks really nice. So maybe AI creating art is not as odious as AI creating written word. Or are you just looking at a really pretty font that they did? Um, I See, I, I, I kind of- Yeah, because you need to see more examples. Yeah, because I think that you were really sold on the font when you saw it. And I see, I, I agree. I That's think true. I got, I got a little, and there's a butterfly there, which really caught my heart. So, um, so they, they, um, they had my number. They had, they had all of your numbers. Um, yeah. and I, and they called them. I, I, I don't know. I think that, <laughs> bingo, the, uh, what do I think about this? I think about it. I visually speaking, I'm thinking about it the same way as the words would come out of it. So when you read, when you read AI generated content, it sounds like you're running down a hallway and you keep passing the same clock. I mean, like a Scooby-Doo hallway. I mean, it kind of seems like it's cyclical in a way. It's like, Oh my God, <laughs> like grandfather clock, small mouse hole, grandfather clock, small mouse uh-huh. hole. And, and I think that with this, um, I think after looking at it for a while, you're going to see it's, it's a mashup of like, Oh, it's going to be the first three letters are aerial, and then it's going to be trenchant, and then it's going to turn over to something else, and then it's I like, see. and then it's going to be like, oh, I can see elements of this font and this font in it because it's going to be mashed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? I mean like, I, I, think it's I do. Be- I will tell you, oh, I'm a will. huge. Yeah, look out. You will. What? Well, look out! A- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was going to. Watch out! Goddamn bodyguard! We're going to co-host this show. Good. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of Taylor Brands, where you can create logos by putting in, they have a series of tests where they say, do you like this or this more? And it's two different. Yeah, yeah, I know you're talking fonts, about right? mm-hmm. And you can say a little bit about what the brand is or whatever, and it right. just auto generates a font. But then you can go through, you can tweak it, whatever. And I've had more success with that silly online program than you can imagine. I mean, it's kind of crazy. So it, maybe I already have a touch point of this working for me, um, not to take away from font designers who obviously are really talented. When I've been on a pinch doing a startup or something, it's like, 
it's a pretty easy way to get a good looking logo to start to kickstart things. And sometimes they stick. Sometimes they're actually great. But I was just looking at their site to see if I could create a new font through their AI thing. But it's not a very straightforward process. I was hoping to kind of Pixart? do that in the background. Pixart. Here, let me see. Are you able to do it quickly? Oh. Just wanted to see if, you know, proof of concept, like if I create a font, if it looks Oh, neat. this is like, okay. Pixart. I, I, I just, by, I've never... Uh, from not doing any research on this company, they're immediately a Canva alternative. That's what they, that's what it seems Yes. Like. Oh, for sure. Immediately. Mm -hmm. It's just like, get a picture, drag it into this hole, turn it into this. Here's a font that we've created. Put this over into top of this it. hole. <laughs> it's just like, it, it is. It's like, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Social media, social media stuffs, uh, social media content does not need to be like designed by a freaking Warhol. But like, I think that, right. we, we, and, the, and I think these tools are great for that because I would never want, like, for example, if I had a lead designer, I wouldn't have them working on social media visuals. visuals. You know what I mean? Right. We'd, have, we'd have them working on branding and logos and like mastheads and right, stuff. Right. Cause like these that. can be really simple. It's just somebody who has a good sense of a good eye and yeah, like some semblance of knowledge of the color wheel. Yeah, I, I personally, I think that um, this is, this is, no offense, I think this is built for lazy people. Um, I don't have time to write, I don't have time to design, I don't know what I like. I mean, it's, and then it's kind of like, okay, well, this is what you like, right? Okay. Or just like, maybe not lazy, but just like people that don't, that's not what they want to spend their time figuring out or their money on. Yeah, quite possibly. Then why are you doing it in the first place? I don't know. Because they're entrepreneurs who are doing everything, you know, like bootstrapping the whole thing and doing oh, literally everything. Everyone's bootstrapping. To... I've heard bootstrapping so much. Is bootstrapping back? I mean, it's, it was, it's, I don't it's, know. it's a new hot trend. I'm bringing bootstrap back. <laughs> yeah. The other I, I, fuckers I mean, don't know how to act. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> April Wimberlake. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, no, I um, I don't know. I've just heard it a lot, and every time I hear that word, I think of like leather laces, the smell of leather laces. I don't know why, but okay. Well, should we? <clears throat> I feel like we kind of overdid that one. Should we? <laughs> yeah. Should we... Oh my god. I mean, that was sorry, the, that Pixar. Was, that was in the oven too long, and like the chicken came off, and like the the it just broke. The it just it came just... off. <laughs> <laughs> what are we cooking? <laughs> what is that? What? Is... It cooked. <laughs> 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 like, is it like a turducken? And then, like, the outer bird fell away from the inner bird. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, it's picture that is movie. Why, this is why we're gaining millions of listeners every episode. I'm literally crying. I was picturing that, like, tur that turkey from that movie when it comes out of the oven. I think it's Christmas. Is it? What is this it? Is vacation, yeah. Is it? And they take it out and it's like and it goes and it pops yeah. open. There's no meat inside. It's just the skin, like <laughs> <laughs> but how you but said it was just like it melted away like Nazi spaces in Indiana Jones movies. Like I mean it was like it just, it just falls I, away. It's when your chicken falls. I, <laughs> oh my I don't god. Know, I did watch Dune. I did watch Dune last night. Maybe it like went to my head. 
You watch Doom. Like, what is <laughs> what is this rotation of shows you're watching? It's like she's either getting hot with Bridgerton or she's getting serious with Doom. <laughs> Dune. Dune. Do you any? Dune. Doom. <laughs> no. David Lynch from the like whatever that is, 80s. Oh, 70s. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I haven't watched that. I is it worth it? Or is it just like a long movie? I have to try again, but there's also a new... <laughs> ever, ever the good first review, by the way, Rotten Tomatoes fans. <laughs> I'm going to try it again. I'm going to give it a weekend to ruminate. No, I, t- I tried to... Well, the part of it, what happened is it expired this morning because I was supposed to finish it last night, but then the Bluebird situation... Oh, my God. That's, so that was that's what I did instead because I didn't want to have the TV on in case the Bluebird flew into Dune. So Dune literally got the bird. Yeah, it did. <laughs> well, at least the meat didn't fall away from it. In other news, <laughs> Netflix tests a strategy to crack down on password sharing. Oh, well, how about that? God, what? I mean. Yeah. Like, do you share your passwords with a lot 100%. of people? 100%. Not, not a lot. Um, but I definitely... And I mean, I have to stop anyway soon for other reasons, but. Um, oh, that audit. Yeah, it's totally the audit. <laughs> um, no, so, so, I mean, I do. And I have in the past also lent the yeah. password to somebody who didn't have Netflix, but like wanted to watch the David Chappelle, David, David Chappelle, Dave Chappelle. David happening Chappelle hour. <laughs> David Chappelle. The spice. Like, okay. Um that's from Dune. So Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of annoying, but it also totally makes sense. Cause I have wondered how many people do that. And I know, for example, my trainer gets all of these different services for his friends who can't afford to have whatever. So he has every subscription. And then all of his friends or whatever have access to the same password. So, I mean, it's definitely a thing, right? It's definitely something that people do. I, I so you're, you're, you're I, I love the imagery of your trainer being like the Robin Hood of digital streaming. Oh, he is. Like oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lock. No, and it's funny because I asked. I only found out because one day I was like, "Hey, do you have?" I said, "I can't remember what it was." I said, "Maybe it was Apple TV." We're talking about Ted Lasso or something. Yeah. And I was like, do you have it? He's like, yeah, I have everything. I was like, you do? He's like, yeah. He's like, I think I have that. I don't watch it. I just have it for my friends. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Want the password? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to get on Apple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy he pays for all of it so his friends can bum his subscriptions. Well, that's very giving. I don't know. I mean, they've already made something happen where if you have too many different things open with netflix it'll crash yeah so they kind of already are working on that which frankly is a pain for me because i often have like something on the tv and then i start watching it on my phone and then i finish it on the computer i mean i'm crazy like that like yeah, I, do that, I do that too yeah and then all of a sudden you know third thing is open it's like maximum number of devices I'm like, ah, crap so I have to go close it on whatever to finish watching it on wherever i move to if I, i'm in the kitchen now or so well see that's that would be where i would have gone first with it because if you're thinking about like because I, I have i just um subscribed to a new vpn program 
um, because we log into so many different things uh, for our clients that it keeps pinging, you know, there's so much security now. Anyway, long story short, I get six devices that can utilize that program and that's it. And what happens is okay. as soon as I, as soon as I download it to that device, mm-hmm. that's the device. So I can't just log in and it's as soon as it's downloaded and I log in, it's set. So I think that Netflix could do something like that very easily. And so could Hulu and all the rest of them. And, and mm-hmm. Ted Lasso carry an Apple TV, um, which also has the Snoopy show, which is a more Snoopy partial show. Yeah, they did. They did a whole new Snoopy show. Um, really? It's like short Snoopy. Very cute. There's also Snoopy in space, which is okay <laughs> because my husband's review of it. Oh, it's good because those depressing fucking kids aren't on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he likes he likes only only Snoopy in Woodstock Snoopy. because they are they, animals, voiceless. So, no, they're voiceless. Oh, voiceless. (laughs) He hates that stuff. Oh, he hates like the Charlie Brown. Oh, my God. He's like. (laughs) What is that? It sounds like a fat Albert crossover. (laughs) Like right there. It was uncanny. It was. It was so so close. It was so close that I almost gave it my Netflix password. (laughs) Do four more (laughs) push-ups. It's my Hulu. <laughs> 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 All right, you finish this mile. I'll give you my Tubi. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Anyway, um, so yeah, so Netflix is uh, upping their security, which is, which is good. I think a good move for them. I mean, I, I mean, do you remember when you used to get the DVDs in the mail? Oh yeah, I still have a couple. This is why they almost went out of business. Because people like me just hold on to those CDs <laughs> won't, forever. Won't return your copy of, uh, God, what would it be? Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely that. It's not that. Uh, oh, okay. my God. Should we do cash or trash? Yeah, what the hell? Let's do it. Unless you want to talk about Pixar some more. <laughs> no. Piss art? No. Piss art. Piss off, piss art. So, uh... This is a wait. You were going to make some joke about it, but now I didn't. I can't remember what it was. Piss art. Oh, oh no, no! It's for it's for the next one. It's the next one. We're on Dollar Shave Club. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, from Marketing Dive, we read all about Dollar Shave Club signing on Chinfluencer to Nil Deal for March Madness. <clears throat> Um, so nil is name, image, and likeness, which is always fun to remember. And so they got Gon- Gonzaga University star. Do you know who this is? Drew Tim. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know who the hell this is. Okay, me neither. He definitely does not. <coughs> he looks like an athlete because look at the expression on his face. He doesn't have like the. He doesn't have the sparkle of an advertising personality. No. What do you want me to just hold? I just hold this here. It's like okay. Right. okay. My finger here, and then like put it. And okay. Like, okay. We're gonna have to stop you right there. Quit. You're 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 soiling your pants. Stop. <laughs> look look that. at that look at that face. Does that not look like a face of a baby that's wetting itself? No, it looks more like I wish I were on the couch eating chips and stoned. Not chips. <laughs> no, 
Oh my god! I wish I was. I wish I was using my trainer's Hulu account. It's getting wasted and eating chips. That's what he's thinking. So, uh, what do you think about uh, the chimpanzee? So this is okay. So this is an effort on the brand's part to do a noticeably smooth campaign. So there's some sort of new spot airing during March Madness. I guess if you know who this is and you he, and they picked this guy because he's got this like handlebar mustache for people that don't know who it is like we don't. Yeah. And basically now they're running the sweepstakes on Instagram and Twitter through March 14 asking consumers to share a picture of their smooth chins for a chance to win tickets to the men's final four. So wow. I guess if I cared about the men's final four and I were a guy that shaved, I guess it works. A lot of, a lot of stipulations a lot of, on that That was a lot of ifs. I was dead. I was uh, trying to, I was them. I was blind. Um, I think this sucks. <laughs> I hate this. I oh, okay. Hate it. Okay. I, hate it. I don't like little faces on as balls. It reminds me of like those those balls that we used to have as when we balls. were balls. Oh, it's the a ball. ball. He's doing a, it's supposed to be like a basketball. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, like not the size of a basketball. It looks more like a fucking like softball or something. But I don't like when like i don't like that weird face thing on the ball i think it's gross it's super creepy i don't think it's i don't think it's interesting either i think dollar shave club it just like i I think that they get stoned and eat chips and come up with these ideas because (laughs) all of their stuff is like so like beyond soil themselves yeah soiling themselves (laughs) (laughs) all right so trash yeah trash I, I, I think we're done with that See all right this. next one so duolingo is offering to translate your foreign language tattoos for free that's fine so basically you can find out if your spontaneous french tattoo you got during your last vacation really means faith in french or does it actually mean liver so <laughs> i think it's pretty i mean i think this is pretty clever yeah it would definitely be terrifying to find out that the thing that you thought it meant is tattooed onto your flesh and it's not what you thought it was God, damn <laughs> tattooed on your flesh branded I was up too late with that bird I swear to god man take <laughs> a chill pill Christ <laughs> Um, this dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I okay. I really like this idea because I I remember like very very vividly walking past tattoo parlors or tattoo shops in various countries that I've lived in or traveled mm-hmm. in, where there's like annoying, <laughs> let's say English speaking, meaning American tourists mm-hmm. that are being absolutely appalling like absolutely appalling behavior and they're like ordering people around and snapping and treating people really bad in the in the, in the tattoo parlor and you just know this is what's happening to them like you know that they don't speak the language and they're doing they're getting this done to them because that's what happens um a lot of times 
also a lot of the times they don't translate correctly so when they're trying to, like they're in china or they're in japan they're trying to say what they mean and it's so like off that they like oh you mean kitchen and then you get like kitchen written on your arm and then you really wanted like you're like maury Oh, <laughs> or something i don't know but like it, it's it, yeah and i think that's it, terrifying it is oh, it's really terrifying but that's not that's why you freaking figure it out you idiots like don't get something written on your body if you haven't translated it yet i mean standalone words have we not learned how words work i mean if you have a standalone word and it's not around connecting words it can mean something different mm-hmm. so um but uh i what i don't like about this is I don't like how the ad looks. I don't like the ad. It looks dated. It looks like old Instagram. It does. It looks like old Instagram. So it looks like, and also Duolingo Mm -hmm. um, is not super cool. Um, So I would say that this, this is like a dad campaign. Like I felt like it's like a dad joke version of a campaign. (laughs) So I I think that what I would have done is I would have put someone looking really confident and talking to somebody with something really shitty. It would be arm. way funnier if it was like a girl trying to be super sexy and like show off her belly tattoo. And it says something like ridiculous. Oh my God. Nothing is sexier than a belly tattoo. <laughs> Back tattoo. I don't care. Anything where she's just like, check no, it out. That's funny. It's like, like, hey, <laughs> hey boys. <laughs> Like I've never seen anybody do that. <laughs> it's usually to cover stretch marks or cesarean. That's why it'd be extra funny. No, it was very good. It was very good. It's un un uh, hinged. Unexpected. Belly tattoo. Okay, like this idea, but get a younger crew to help you get your ads together. Um, or so cash like, trash. Oh, I cash this. I like it. Okay, okay, me too. And the joke that I was going to say that this was a pre-show. Um, I mentioned. It, I, you were asking how to pronounce it. Um, yes. And I said, I said, just don't say Dua Lipa. And you're like, what does that oh, mean? What's that? <laughs> I still don't know. Okay. Um, Dua Lipa is a singer. Oh, so now I'm your parents. <laughs> no, that was the dollar shave love face. <laughs> so it is stone eating <laughs> chips <laughs> that's so, what you're thinking of or if you don't know who Dua Lipa is you have your dollar shave bubble. I'll call perfect them. okay call. well you can uh, give give your parents my number we'll I'll have a lot to talk about remember you remember you were telling me how your parents like don't know any famous rappers oh no but they do mispronouncing up- all of the names or something oh yeah like we had um in the 90s, everyone was a Lil. So my dad will say Lil in front of anybody's name. That's a rapper. Um, yeah. He's like, oh, is that Lil Weekend? <laughs> I was like, no, that's not Lil just, Weekend. Just Weekend. It's just Weekend. It's not Lil. It's yeah. Lil Weekend. That's adorable. Oh, yeah. Any cute. So cute. So that was our cash and trash segment. If you'd like, to, you'd like to see if we'd like your idea, send it in and we'll cover it. Perfect. No, we won't. No. We won't. So we, we'll so we, and just, just to recap, because I don't know if we officially gave a trash to Dollar Shave, but trash to Dollar Shave. Trash and cat and cash to Duolingo. Yeah. So we had one positive and one negative. See? Yep. Balanced. Yes. Look at us. PA. Just balanced. like journalists. Yay. Should we wrap it up? 
Oh my God. Let's wrap it up. I'll get some. It's your response to everything I've asked you today. Yes. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I'm an easily excitable boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we, I mean, we laughed, we cried. I mean, we really, we went on a journey today. Uh, we did. We got, we got esoteric. We got <laughs> theological. We got. A little bit. Aspirational. Um, Psychosomatic. And still, folks, we leave, and April has no idea what Dua Lipa even looks like or what she sounds like. If you want to hear her, um, just go to 7-Eleven. <laughs> She's top 40. It's playing somewhere. I mean, go to a target. Oh, my God. <laughs> means I have to go out in public. All right. Yeah, no. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hype Busters. Oh, folks, I just love you all. Uh, it's it, it, thank you for joining us. If you have anything that you want us to talk about, you want to be a guest, just get in touch with us. We're we're everywhere. Give us a really great review. Um, like I mentioned, we uh, we've we've won many awards for things not related to this podcast. So uh, we <laughs> we try to bank all of our cred right here, right in your right in your we, doors. Right your we'll doors. see you next time for more real talk on strategic communications with me, April, and him. Chris, see ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>